some some perilous things that's going on in your life, some turbulent things that you're dealing with, some struggles in your life, and they can only be broken through prayer and fasting. And I'm so glad that our conference president this week, Pastor Roger Bernard, led the conference, Central States Conference, in a day of prayer and fasting. And we really saw some, some breakthroughs this week. And we just know that there is power in prayer. And, and Pastor Josiah had a, had a powerful message uh, this Wednesday. And so we just want to continue that spirit of prayer. You know, people are stressed out. People's hearts are failing them for the fear that's coming upon this earth, the perplexities, the uncertainty of knowing whether you're going to have a job. All of these things are on people's minds. But Jesus had the answer. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And he said, I will give you rest. It's prayer time right now, folks. Elder Wellington is going to lead us to the throne of grace right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your mercy. Father, we realize that we are here not because of anything that we've done, but because of your love, your mercy, your grace. Lord, we are so excited to know that we have a father who sits high yet reaches down low. Lord, we are so grateful to know that you are God and there is none other beside you. Lord, you spoke and things came into existence, Lord. And when you thought about it, they, they moved forward, they prevailed, Father. And so when we think about who you are and whose we are, we come to an excitement of knowing that we are truly blessed to be at living at this time. And so, Lord, we ask, Lord, even with all the atrocities, Lord, that are before us, and Lord, we know that we can call upon your name and that, Lord, you are overseeing, that you're watching and you're preventing and keeping us safe, Lord. But even in the midst of keeping us safe, Lord, let us continue to be beacons of light, Lord, being able to touch and reach those, Lord, who need you, Lord, who need to hear your word, who needs to understand that you are alive and willing and ready to save. And so, Father, we just ask your blessings, Lord, as we study, as we pray, as we worship this afternoon. Lord, you will send a blessing of your Holy Spirit to equip us, Lord, and to give us, Lord, the power to understand and the essence of knowing that we have the ability to call upon your precious name. Lord, we ask, Father God, that even as this pandemic continues to roll forward, we ask, Lord, that you will continue to seek and touch those, Lord, who need to understand how to come up with a vaccine or whatever cure may be. But, Lord, that they will be moved, Lord, according to your directive, Father, so that when it's said and done, there will be no glory given to no other than, other than you. Lord, we ask, Father God, that also, Father, that you will bless those who are sick right now. Lord, we know we have Elder Harris, Lord, who is in the hospital. But, Father God, we know that your hand is around. And so we ask, Father, that you will touch his body, Lord, touch his spirit, lift up Elder Harris, Lord, and allow him, Lord, to come out of that place and be able to be back at home with his family. Lord, we ask even across this globe, Lord, as we look at the, the, the things that are going on, Lord, in our conferences, Lord, we're, we're excited to know that the word of God is moving. So, Father, as they continue to move, Lord, bless them. Let them, Lord, continue to be able to reach out and touch others, Lord, through the, the vehicles, Lord, by which we're using, Lord. We ask, Father God, also, Father, that you would bless our families, Lord. But right here at Tabernacle of Praise, we ask, Lord, that you would continue to keep us strong, continue to keep us firm, 
and united, Lord, as we press forward to tell others about the precious love of Jesus. We're grateful, Lord, and we're thankful, Lord, for Elder Paris, Lord, coming on today to bring us a word, Lord. We ask that you would touch him, Lord, move him mightily, Lord. We thank you for the blessings of saving his, his family, Lord, when a tree fell down. The Lord, you saw fit even at the last minute, Lord, to bring him back online with Wi-Fi. We are so excited, Lord. We know that this message is going forward, and we thank you, Lord. We ask that you will continue to bless us throughout this Sabbath. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Good morning, church family, fellow stewards of God. want to let you know that we are still called to be faithful, even in the midst of this co-virus pandemic. And also, we're in a time of civil unrest. A lot of things are going on, violence in the streets, and people are asking, why are people rioting? Well, Martin Luther King says that riots are the language of the unheard. People are not being heard. Think of it as if you're the lion, lion trainer and you go to the lion cage, you pat the lion on the head, but you don't feed him. Then you come back the next day, you pat the lion on the head and you hear his stomach growling, but you still don't feed him. You come back again, pat the lion on the head, don't feed him. Now he roars at you. And then finally you come back, don't feed him. The lion eats you because you have not heard what he's crying about. So right now we're still called to remember as stewards, the lives of George Floyd, Eric Garner, Breonna Taylor, Michael Brown, uh, Tamir Rice, Athena Jefferson, Trayvon Martin and Rodney King. All of these people have been killed, but God has his eye on us. As faithful stewards of God, where should we use our time, talent, temple and treasure in these events? Proverbs 6.17 says there are seven things that God hates. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart devising evil, feet that run to mischief, false witness, and those who sow discord among the brethren. Those characteristics are always present when innocent lives are taken and injustice is done. Now, while President Trump, uh, President Trump might not have empathy for people, Jesus had so much empathy for people that he gave his life for ours. He came and left heaven to live here with us, going through trial and tribulation, tempted just like we are, and yet without sin. We want to be like Christ. Christ was a civil activist. His, his message was in Luke 4:18 that he's come to preach the gospel to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, uh, liberty to the captive, sight to the blind, and to... Uh, take care of widows and orphans as well as those who are treated unjustly. Where can we use our four T's of, of stewardship, time, talent, temple, and treasure in this day and age? One, we can use them for nonviolent protesting, nonviolent protesting. Two, we can support those who are protesting, especially with our prayers, maybe give out some water or snacks. Three, we can stay active in our own communities as faithful stewards of God. Or we can also stand for the right, whatever situation we're in. And five, we can vote, vote and also register others to vote. You know, it won't be long, saints, before this anger, this violence, the uh, police and the army are turned against Sabbath keepers. So while we have time now, brothers and sisters, let us do as Amos 5.24 says, let justice roll down like a river and righteousness like a mighty stream. We can do that by being faithful with our time, talent, temple, and treasure, and letting people see us as the hands and feet of God. 
want to thank everyone for being faithful in tithe and offering during this time. God has blessed us to stay ahead of the bills with our offering and tithe, and we appreciate everyone. want to remind you that you can return your faithful tithe and offering at the cash app, dollar sign T-O-P giving. You can also go to adventistgiving.org and type in Tabernacle of Praise, Spanish Lake, Missouri. And you can also have it mailed into our treasurer if you so desire. At this time, let us say a quick prayer for the tithe and the offering being returned. Lord, we thank you for blessing us to be faithful in tithe and offering. We ask and pray and know that that which is being returned even now shall be used for a worth, worthful cause that of spreading the gospel to the, all the world in this generation. In the blessed name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord, Elder. Thank you for those words of encouragement of faithfulness. You know, we have a powerful speaker this morning. We're blessed again to have Pastor uh, Mark Paris is going to be breaking the bread. And I know it's a powerful message because the enemy was looking at his notes this week and they sent the storm in from the northeast and one from the southwest and it converged right on top of Kansas City, Missouri. And he told me this week that that was a huge tree that fell down and knocked down his his uh, electric, knocked him out for almost four days. But I thank God that that he never lost the power. He had lost the electricity, but never the power. He, he lost his, his Wi-Fi, but he got a, a stronger signal from the higher tower. So we just thank God for his willingness, his faithfulness as he has served uh, in the Central States Conference. He pastors two churches. He's the ministerial director for the Central States Conference. So we thank him for his service. We thank him for his beautiful wife, Kelly, who his confidant, who stands by his side, encourages him. And I told her today, this morning, we're going to have her sing next time. Amen. Amen. So after our songbird, by, by Sister Beverly Stewart Anderson, who's going to sing the beautiful song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Next voice you will hear will be that of Pastor Mark Paris. Uh, they're queuing that up. All right, praise the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We don't know anything else to say. You can just say the name of Jesus. There's just something about that name. Thank you. 
say good morning to everyone at top. Uh, the Lord has been gracious. His mercy has endured forever. Uh, I enjoyed uh, all of the singing and uh, enjoyed the preludes in the Sabbath school. We're, we're just now uh, happy that we have this opportunity just to share God's word. I get excited when I think about sharing uh, God's word. And we're going to, we have a message for you this morning coming out of 2 Kings chapter 7. And just before we get started, let us have a word of a prayer. We're so thankful, Lord. You've just been so good to us. We're grateful for what you have done. Uh, as we preach this sermon, we asking, Lord, that you would preach it through me, uh, that you would use uh, the material in your sermon to let us understand you better, to understand you more, to, to know exactly what you're doing with us and for us and through us so that we can serve you better by, our, by your grace, we pray. In Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. I'm gonna preach the sermon uh, on the subject, what do I have to lose? Or, or I can better say it, you can work for God when you have nothing to lose. You can work for God when you have nothing to lose. 
This coming out of seven, uh, Second Kings, and it's the seventh chapter. Second Kings, and this is the seventh chapter as we look at our story. Uh, this story talks about um, economic mayhem. Uh, this was the time when uh, the economy had gone down. Uh, most of us understand uh, how uh, the economy works, how the economy uh, goes down when people aren't buying uh, things from the store like they used to. Uh, when people are not uh, at a place where they feel safe that they can spend money because they don't have much money. And so this was a time of economic downturn uh, in the city. And it happened that Elisha was there and Elisha used these words. He said, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord, tomorrow about this time shall a measure of fine flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel. This suggests that the economy had turned down. It had gone bad. It had uh, dropped a little bit. And so when the economy drops, so does the price of food. And so really what happened in this case, the price of food began to go up. In other words, less food, more people needing food. I can give you and charge you a higher price for that food. And so they said tomorrow about this time, a major fine flour will be sold for a shekel. So what they were saying was, we're telling you that in a little while, the food prices will go completely down. Uh, this didn't quite make sense to everybody because most people understand when the price goes up, there's less food. So how is it now that you're telling us, Prophet, that tomorrow about this time, the food prices will go down? Everybody will be able to, to supply themselves with more food. But the only reason why they could, the, the Prophet could say that is because God understands what will happen. It may seem at times in your life that things don't seem to make sense, uh, that it seems God's not coming through. It seems as if we're having a downturn in our life, a downturn uh, in our family, a downturn as we look at the economics. But one thing we know is God knows how to fix it. Number one, he controls this world, but it was difficult to understand that, that God was about to turn it around. Then the Lord on, the, on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God. And here's what he said. He said, behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? And he said, behold, thou shalt see it with thine eyes, but shall not eat of it. So somebody doubted what the prophet said. They doubted what the prophet said, and God used the prophet and spoke to the prophet and let him know that the, that the money and the economy will come up. In other words, now we're at a time where we can afford to eat food. They didn't see it yet, but that was God's proclamation. They didn't know it yet, but it was God's proclamation that God was going to do something that would help the price of food to go down and not only down, go way down. It didn't make sense. The economy was way up. But God was saying through the prophet 
that there's going to come a time when the food's going to go so far down that it would take you almost nothing to eat it. Then the Lord on whose, whose hand the king answered the man of God and said, Behold, if the Lord would make windows in heaven, might this thing be? So the man, he said, that how in the world can we have the economy go up? And now you're saying the economy is going down so low that we're able to buy good food, good things for a, less pri for a lesser price. Uh, this, this, you understand how the economy works. And in the economy, depression is influenced by a lack of resources. When, when there's a lack of resources or less resources, then there's a depression. Fuel, food, extremely high values, when you understand economics in times of depression, sustain, sustainably they increase unemployment. So less people are able to get work because there's less companies able to be getting the resources, getting enough resources so that they, they can survive. The bear market. When a market experiences a prolonged price decline and increase. What God was doing was demonstrating that no matter how things look on the outside, God really can take care of it. And even when it seems dim and glim, even when everything seems to be going down, God is saying, I can fix it. But it's hard to believe God can fix it. Many times we have the same problems in our own lives when things go wrong or things go down or things go bad, we don't think God can fix it. It's too big for God. But God is telling us it's not too big for him. And so, and so to, to be a winner, point number two, you have to be willing to be a loser to win. You need to be willing to be a loser to win. What it really says is you're the person who because of downturn or other things are going on around you, you don't care what it takes. You will do anything. In this scenario, it says that there are four leprous men at the entering of the gate and they said to one another, why sit we here until we die? Okay, there's a famine. Uh, the food costs and prices have gone extremely up. But in this pandemic, there were leprous men who were, all, who were entering in the gate and they said to one another, why are we going to sit here till we die? There's, there's very little food, but why are we going to sit here until we die? We're dying anyway, but why should we die here? Recognize that they were messed up. Uh, sometimes, sometimes God has to mess you up to push you up. Because God is saying here, I'm already gone. I'm already messed up. Uh, uh, what? Why don't I at least try to do something? I may be already a goner. But if I'm already a goner, then why don't I try to be, a, to be a person who can live even though I'm supposed to be a goner? Why risk? So the, the lepers decided that they were going themselves Despite the famine, they will get out of the walls and they was going to walk around to see if they could find some resources. Didn't make any difference, even though maybe COVID was there. What difference does it make? I'm dying anyway. I'm a leper. My fingers are falling off. My toes are falling off. I'm already a donor. So, it, 
So what difference does it make? Can I say this? Sometimes we are willing to, to walk out and trust God because we think we have too much to lose. We think we have too much to lose, so we're not willing to walk out and trust God and then begin to trust that God will do what he said he would do. But when you have, when you're a person, when it doesn't matter, I'm already dying. In fact, most of us should be saying that because in reality, as we're living, we're still dying. We're still getting close to older age. Uh, we're getting close to a time when things don't work like they used to work. So we should be at a place where we don't mind. I'll risk it. See, the reason why sometimes we're not risking stuff for God is because we want to think we want to, we think we want to protect ourselves, keep ourselves, make sure that we don't have to go through hard times. But these, these lepers were already gone. They're already uh, uh, wasting away. What difference did it make? What difference does it make if they now just step out? And I'm telling you, sometimes it takes that for us. We got to come to a place where we already know I'm already messed up. I'm already coming to a place where I'm wasting away. What difference does it make? So these lepers decided that they would go and they're trying to find food. They'd move outside the gate. They'd go into the city where everybody is, is, is dying and see what they can do. And this thing helped them to stay alive. They felt that they had nothing to lose. So they went out and did what God wanted them, them to do. But listen to point three. You need to mingle caution with courage. Need to mingle caution with courage. Notice this, notice this. And they rose up in the twilight. Now, remember, these are the, are, are the, are the lepers. But they decide I'm going to go up and rise up in the twilight, a time that I feel that we're not going to have to deal with a lot of people. We're going to go into the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. <sighs> See, let me stop. The reason why a lot of times we get nowhere is because we're not willing, willing to risk. They didn't know what would happen when they got there. But when they got there, something happened so miraculously that they didn't even have to fight for food because everybody had run off. Now, according to the Bible, they heard a sound and they heard a host, a host of horses. That's why they ran off. So, so, so before they got there, just, to, just, just want you to understand, because God already sets it up for you before you get there. Too many times in our lives, we always have a concern. What am I going to do? What is God going to do for me? God's already set it up. God had them run out before they even got there. So, so now they come in. Nobody's going to harass them. Because, and, and the way that God cleared it was they heard a sound. It didn't say they saw anything. It said they heard a sound. So God basically just scared them off by the sound of, of a hoof of a horse. And when that happened, everybody ran from there. And everybody except those lepers who came in. For the Lord made the host of Syrians to hear the noise of the chariot and the noise of the horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against the kings of the Hittites and the kings of the Egyptians to come upon us. 
Wherefore they rose and fled in twilight and left their tents and their horses and their asses, even the camp as it was, and fled there for their life. And when the lepers came to the utmost part of the camp, they went into the camp and did eat, drink, and carried their silver and gold. No, I, I love this. I love the fact that when they went in, they had every resource they needed. They had every resource they needed. They, they, they had the food. They had money. Uh, and, and so they had all the resources they needed. Letting you know, sometimes we come to a point where we don't trust God can do anything for us because we don't see it. But see, that's not faith. What God wants us to do is walk by faith and not by sight. Sight says it's, it's, it may not, it, I don't see it, but sight doesn't say it's not there. If you believe in God and believe that God can give you miracles and have faith in God, God's already taking care of the thing that you're already asking him for. You may not see it yet. You may not know where it's coming from. But you know that God has it. Let me say, let me give you this last point. You need to share your blessing. You need to share your blessing. God gives you blessings, not just for you, but he gives you blessings because you should share. Here's how the Bible says it in this last point. Then they said one to another, we do not well. This day is a day of good tidings and we hold our peace. If we were, if we tarry to the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now, therefore, come that we may go and tell the king's household. What they said was, we came here, we found it, and now we should go out and tell somebody else. God always expects us to take our good news to somebody else. No, no, no. So that they can benefit from it. God doesn't want us to keep it to ourselves. They came into this camp, everybody had gone. Nobody knew that there was still food here, but no people. But the lepers didn't have anything to lose. They go there and they find that. But then they say to themselves, we do not well. We're not telling everybody. So they came and called up to the port of the city and they told them saying, we came to the camp of, of the Syrians and behold, there was no man there, neither voice of man, but horses tied and asses tied and the tents as they were. And he called the porters and they told it to the king's house within. And the king arose in the night and said unto a service, I will now show you that the Syrians, what the Syrians have done. They know that we be hungry. Therefore, are they gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field? saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive. So again, the, the king was, 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 was not, did not believe that they were doing something that would help them. And so one of the servants has to say, let some take, I pray thee, five of the horsemen and remain with, and, and remain, which are left in the city. Behold, they are as all multitudes of Israel, they are left in it. Behold, I say, they are even as all the multitudes of the Israelites that are consumed, and let us sin and seek. So the king said, let's go on. Let's, let's send some men out there. Let's, let's let them go. We don't trust it. We don't believe it, but let's, let, let's see if that's fact. 
They took therefore two chariots, uh, uh, two chariots, and the kings sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, "Go and see." And when they went after them into Jericho, lo, all the all the way was full of garments and vessels. So what they said was, when we when we went, when we saw them, we realized that there were vessels, and there were strewn out all types of garments. It meant that the people who were there originally, they ran because of something they heard. God doesn't need to do it or have it done for us the way we think he needs to have it done. God may not even do it the way you even ever have thought of, but God found a way to make sure that he could run them out so that he can get his people in to get their food. That's how God, good God is. God just simply made the noise come up. They said they didn't see anything, but they heard chariot wheels. So God just sat back and he sent down the noise of chariot wheels so that everybody could leave that place except for God's people and those who were lepers. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. <laughs> they found, found, found fine flowers, barley and shekel, according to the word of God. And the king appointed the Lord on whose hand he leaned to have the charge of the gate. And the people tread upon him in the gate. And he died as a man who spake when the king came down to him. And it came to pass as the man of God has spoken to the king saying, two measures of barley for a shekel and a measure of fine flour for a shekel shall be tomorrow about this time in the gate of Samaria. And it happened exactly how God said. Let me be clear. God lets us know at times how he's going to do what he needs to do. A lot of times we don't trust him, but God knows exactly what he wants us to do, how he wants us to do it, when he wants us to do it. God knows, and, and he, he already has it set up. Let, let me say this. Before you stress yourself, you ought to know that God already has it. God's plan started from eternity. And a lot of times I've done it myself. I've come to a place and point in, 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 my, in my life that I thought when I was in the seminary that God wasn't taking care of me. I, I remember that. But I remember what God did. I remember that I had nothing to eat. I was mad at God. I, I, uh, uh, I couldn't afford anything because I'm trying to go through the seminary. But I remember one of my uh, classmates uh, was coming to my room and he came to my room with, with, with something in his hand. Uh, and he, had, he worked in the cafeteria and I'm saying, I have no food, Lord, I'm mad at you. And he came in, he came in from, I didn't even ask him to come. He came into my room. He said, I got something for you. And what he had was plates of food. I'm telling God's going to take care of you. Too many times we miss the opportunity. So we run into chaos. I'm, I'm suggesting that no matter how it looks, no matter how it looks, you are a Christian and you realize that we walk by faith and not by sight. And really, we can, we can, I am guilty of too many times walking by sight. And I know what God can do, but, but I, I'm still, if it's not there, if I don't see it, if I don't feel it, 
I walk by sight and not by faith. But we have to come to a time in our lives where we walk by faith and not by sight. Let's look at the situations differently. Hmm, I got to close. We must be able to look at a situation from several different angles. In this instance, the observer looked at the situation from a place of dangerous opportunity. They accepted that they were already in the dying process. This mindset says, take a, we can take a risk. What do we have to lose? That's what got the lepers in. We can take a risk. The only reason why the lepers did it so easily is because they were already dying. Can I back up? The reason why we ought to do what we should do is because we're already dying. See, we, we just don't, we just, we just don't want to really come to grips with that. The reason why we do what we do, the reason why we should be able to risk is because we're already dying. If it comes to talking to somebody in the neighborhood, bringing them to Jesus, many of us are, are too, we don't want to take the risk. We don't want to be embarrassed. But we ought to come to the place where it doesn't matter if we take the risk because I'm already dying. I, I have nothing to risk. If I die, I die. Why? Because I'm going to die anyway. Unless Jesus comes before I die. And so if I'm dying, I might as well go ahead and take the risk that God wants me to take. I ought to be able to do what God wants me to do. I ought not be shy so that I'm scared to talk to somebody because I'm scared that they may say no, that they may not want to hear me, but they not, may not want what I want to give them. I need to be willing to take a risk that says I'm willing to do whatever I need to do. Why? Because I'm dying anyway. The only ones who were successful in this scenario were the lepers. Why? Because they were already dying. See, so, 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 so what we need to realize is that's what's really going on with all of us. All of us are dying. So why not take a risk? Who cares if someone laughs at what I say? I'm already dying. But what about the person who may be saved? I may be transformed because of what you say, because you already know I'm dying anyway. So it doesn't matter if they laugh at me. It doesn't matter if they, if they say things, if they talk and say things about me, if they scandalize my name. Why, why should it matter? I'm dying anyway. So I, may, I, 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 I ought to be dying trying to live. Ought to be dying making sure that I'm taking all the risk I need to to make sure people come to Jesus. Taking all the risk I need to to make sure that people are safe and sound. Ought to be done. As I close this sermon, I want to invite you into the dying process. What's the last time you talked to somebody in your in your in your neighborhood? What's the last time you talked to your neighbor? You know, just yesterday, God created a situation so that we could kind of get to know some of the people in our neighborhood or even outside of our neighborhood. Our, 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 when we talk about the tree falling, two trees fell. One fell this way, took 
are fencing the back out. But do you know what happened when that tree fell? Of course, they had to come and talk to us and we talked to them. Which means really, God was creating a, a moment so that we could be able to share his love with them. He was creating a moment that we could witness to them. No, not necessarily give them a Bible study, but by dealing with them in a way that's Christ-like. You know, not, not, not getting mad at the person whose tree fell into our yard. You know, why'd you let your tree fall in our yard? You better get it up. But letting them know, getting to know each other and, and realizing that we're all going through, through this together. So we'll, we'll, we'll decide how, we, how we're going to go through it. The, the, the kindness of those who we met. God really set you up for a moment where you can begin to tell somebody about Jesus. And every time that happens, sometimes we're, we're, it sometimes takes us coming to a place where we know we have nothing to lose until we begin to say, I'm willing to do anything I need to do for you, God. I'm willing to do what I need to do for you. Let's pray, Lord. We're so thankful. You set these scenarios up. At times we don't realize or we don't remember that you set these scenarios up because you're trying to get your people to those who don't, do not know you so that those who do not know you can get to know you. You set it up. And, and, and we don't see it sometimes as a setup. We see it as chaos. But see, Lord, it's different. Chaos with you is, is really a place where you make, where you create creation. Chaos for you creates creation. But chaos for, the chaos for the devil stays chaos. But if those who you're working with, like you work with the lepers, you, you made it so that they would have a sense of, uh, there's nothing that can really make us whole again. So we're willing to do whatever we, we need to do. And sometimes you do that for us so that we are willing to do whatever you want us to do. And so that you can set up an opportunity where we have, where we make contact with people, where we, where we can begin to tell people about Jesus, where we can witness about you. Let us see the opportunity, let us see the moment. And let us be willing to say, no matter how the moment appears, no matter how, how, how scary it may be, how, disjointed it may be. It may be an opportunity for us to bring someone to Jesus. By your grace, we ask that you continue to keep us in that mind frame. In Jesus' name and for his sake, we pray. Amen. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord, Pastor, for that message of hope and faith, letting us know no matter how bad the situation may look, we have to trust that God has it still in control. Amen, saints. We have to hold on to that as we are in this treacherous and perilous times. We have to hold on to that rock, which is Jesus. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Pastor, once again for allowing the Lord to use you mightily. And saints, just a couple of announcements. We know our youth church is at 1.30 today. 
And also our training for disciple class will be at 2.30. Sister Karen Lewis is going to be leading out in that. We're going to be studying out of the book, Testimonies for the Church, volume uh, chapter 64. I think it's the unity of Christ. So we want you to tune in to that. And we also, we want everybody to join us on Wednesday night for our power hour at seven o'clock. Tune in early because you don't want to be left out. Well, there's much prayer, there's much power. We need power today. We have to keep our lamps trimmed and burning. We don't want to be like the foolish virgins and hear those words depart from me. I never knew you, but we want to keep our lamps trimmed so we'll be ready to meet the bridegroom when he comes. So saints, just be faithful. Connect with somebody this week. Share the good news of salvation because, as the pastor said, we're on death row. What do we have to lose? Our only hope is in Jesus. So at this time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you and give you peace both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord.